We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, as always, with my co-host, Daniel Kuzer. Dan, we do not have a Sporting KC game to talk about this week, but that does not mean we don't have a great episode. Well, you usually say good buddy, Dan, and I think I've been downgraded from good buddy <laughs> to just co-host. All right. Good buddy was last week. I've I fucked up somewhere along the no. way. So I'll, I'll get you back. I try to mix it up every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, I've, I've thought about this. I feel like every week I say the exact same thing. And I yeah. was like, should I try to mix it up a little bit? So I tried to mix it up this week and, and we'll see. I don't know. You know, I think it'd be uh, I was telling uh, my wife this the other day. I think it'd be super funny if our pod release or even recording took place on April fools and we like switched our personas, like freaky Friday <laughs> style. Like I tried my best to imitate you. Imitation is going to just be making fun of each other is what it right. is. But you it's know, you try, to, you try to be the freaking the wild card, man. Cause I'm wild card bitch. Mm-hmm. And, and I could be super uh, Jimmy analytics, you know, It'd be hilarious. We, we just end up roasting each other throughout the entire podcast (laughs) it'd be pretty bad i'd be like usc this usc that and you'd be like roll tide roll tide (laughs) (laughs) drew mcintyre wrestling (laughs) wrestling this Uh, okay Uh, up up down down (laughs) hey i've watched a few of their videos yeah that's good stuff Uh, you know we, we've come a long way since the pandemic era, which is still kind of going on, really. But remember when we used to just chat about the freaking shows we're watching or the video games we've been playing? Yeah. I mean, there was nothing else in the world going on, bro. We were just a pop culture podcast. It's like, <laughs> yo, you see this new Netflix series? <laughs> we, st- we still slip back into that every once in a while. We're like, yo, you see all the Disney Plus Day oh, announcements? <laughs> we could have a podcast uh of pop culture like i'm so in tune with like new shows that come out and stuff and i pretty much watch everything yeah that i I think i'd be good i'd be good it's it's all good i mean you left off we you know we both like our movies we both yeah. like our games and there's nothing to be ashamed of about that and you know what in a week like this there wasn't a sporting kc game to talk about there was True. a u.s men's national team game so by the when we're recording oh, this the second game has not yet been played we're recording this a little early Oh, yeah. Uh, Second game's on Tuesday, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about that game against Mexico because, my goodness, that was a hell, of a, a hell of a second half, at least. 
Well, it's fun. It's fun. We'll get all into that. Um, dude, we got, I mean, we got a special guest joining us today, man. We absolutely do. You want to tell the people uh, who it is? Dude, no one has any idea. They're like, oh my gosh, who could you get? Who haven't you had enough players? And, uh, I don't want more players. Okay, fine. We won't get you players. How about X players? All right. <laughs> how about, how about current broadcast uh, member uh, in Jacob Peterson? What about Hell that? Hell yeah. I'm He's excited. coming. He wow. is. He doesn't have his hair anymore, which is it's disappointing because uh, <laughs> I'll just I'll be the long hair guy on the pod. But it's That's still okay. a handsome son of a gun, you know, doing his thing. Are you going to ask him about cutting his hair and, and, and the thought uh, process that went into it? I plan to. Yes. <laughs> You'd be like, well, I modeled he, this after you. And now what? <laughs> well, just with him and Zussi, I was like, inspiration. Let's go. Yeah. And I imagine uh, I've never had long hair. So uh, women probably feel this way, too, that cutting your hair after having it long for so long is probably pretty emotional. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, even so. when I went to the barber, I was like, take it easy. All right. I just need you to like blend some shit in. Don't take any <laughs> length. All right. Don't get out of control and you'll get a good tip. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> take care of my split ends and we're fine. Yes. Just, just <laughs> do your thing. We'll wash it. We'll dry it. It'll be fine. Uh, and you know, so far so good. <laughs> there you go. Well, we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk to Jacob later, ask him all about his career, how he moved into broadcasting, his thoughts on the season, maybe get his thoughts on the fine Peter Vermees just got handed down. We'll, uh, right. we'll talk all about That's it. Right. Do you want to talk about our, our new review? I was going to just ask you, we got a new five-star review. So you want to go Let's ahead see. and tell the people all about it? I thought I was breaking news to you. <laughs> we didn't talk I... about that before the podcast this time. <laughs> Usually I we thought... check. <laughs> yeah. I just checked. Did you just check too? I, I literally just checked as Live. well. <laughs> you just, your phone just blurred out with your background. Looks like you're watching porn. So knock that shit off. <laughs> that is not what's occurring. <laughs> well, probably it's, we got five stars from deep handle. It says, keep at it. Keep up the nonsense. So fun. I feel like I'm just listening in on a friend's conversation. Thank you. No, thank you. Because that's yeah. exactly what this is. Yes. This is a conversation. This is two fans and friends coming in with super hot takes that all of us <laughs> all of us have those knee-jerk reactions too you know what i mean yeah. i'm just like i'm gonna say this on the pod i know it's incorrect but it's how i feel <laughs> yes it's you know it's definitely um that's one of my favorite compliments that we get is when it's like oh it just sounds like i'm listening to a couple of friends talking about it because when we started the podcast we were like okay what's what's our niche gonna be like how are we gonna yeah. be different than the other sporting kc podcasts out there and that's kind of what we decided to go with is yeah. just like be more fan-centric Neither of us are, (laughs) (laughs) neither of us are journalists by trade. Uh, You know, we, we can get our sources or whatnot, but we just try to have fun and we just want you guys to have fun with us. So uh, thank you, Deep Handle. And uh, thank you to everybody who's left a five-star rating and review. If you have not yet done so, go steal somebody's iPhone and do it. Yeah, that's, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Theft. If you can do that, that'd be great. (laughs) That's the way to do it. Uh, so before, before we welcome Jacob in here, let's talk a little bit. Cause this is, uh, this is MLS cup playoffs preview week. I would say it is. Yeah, dude. We're wow. Are you going to try to watch every game that you can? Uh, well, every game that I can, am I going to end up watching every game? Absolutely not, but I will try to watch as many as I can. But if you were available to watch every game, cause you could theoretically, you could, none of these games overlap. They get their own time slots. Yeah. Would you watch every game if you had nothing else going on? If I had nothing else going on, yeah, I would try. Okay. I, uh, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm getting a little fever. 
I okay. used to try to take in as much MLS during the season that I could. And then we got like 97 teams and I'm like, there's so many games, but <laughs> with the playoffs, I'm like, I think I'm kind of in dude, especially when the email blaster who that Sam, Sam Jones, is that who that is? Hey, Sam Jones. He freaking predicts SKC to win this whole thing. Yeah. Well, you that doesn't, that? that doesn't give me any confidence. Uh, that worries me a lot. I, <laughs> I don't like it. I was like, he predicted the entire playoffs and I'm like, okay, sounds cool. And I'm with you in that little pipe dream, but damn it. If you didn't just jinx the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll talk about our predictions if you want to, cause you know, pessimistic Jimmy's coming out to play for, for oh, the MLS cup no. podcast. Close to the holidays, man. Yeah. I, I got my rom-coms on Netflix every week these holiday rom-coms and you want to come in here and piss on my presence. Well, if our Twitter mentions are any indication, people want me to predict a dumpster fire of a playoffs. Cause when That's I predict true. losses, we tend to win. So. Are you about to turn heel? Is this a heel turn? Not a heel turn. I just, I, ah, it's too bad. I don't, I don't think if we make it past Vancouver, I don't think we make it past Seattle. That's well, my prediction. I mean, Seattle's already going to be knocked out. Oh, is that your prediction? RSL's I mean, coming. I don't know, dude. Those teams that squeak into the playoffs can get things done. You got you got me wanting to talk about it now. I'm also inspired <laughs> up. I mean, well, I need a heel turn, Jimmy, is what I need. If you could go <laughs> full on and start, you know, uh, punching babies and, and kissing people's wives and shit. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's I don't I don't know about that. Let's uh let's Ryan talk babies. about let's let's preview this this SKC Vancouver game a little bit. Uh okay. this is um, you know, we just talked faced them recently. We just faced him recently, and it did not go well. We went up to BC Place and lost uh, two to one. So now we're pissed. So now we're pissed. Uh, they have they have uh, a lot of confidence. Uh, you know their their head coach, uh, interim Vancouver Whitecaps coach, I should say, Vanny Sartini, offered up a bold statement uh, after uh, their draw. Uh, you know it was a um, a quote that he goes, "No, we'll beat Sporting Kansas City. It's different." He said of the impending three versus six matchup. Um, so you different, know he, huh? yeah, I don't, I don't understand what's different. I mean, I guess he's saying it's well, different than last time they played in okay. Kansas City. Well, we're gonna heckle the shit out of you. All right, we're we're throwing French fries <laughs> and gravy at your players, like it's happening, which is a lot safer than beer cans, if I'm being honest. So I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, he so he said uh, it's hard but not impossible to play at Children's or to win at Children's Mercy Park. Uh, and he said, if you were at the stadium today, you would be confident. If you watch this team play the last 10 games, you would be confident because every stat says we are one of the best teams in the last 15 to 20 games. So I would be wrong if I wouldn't be confident. And he said, um, you know, I, in terms of making the playoffs and turning it around after Mark Dos Santos was fired, he says, I think we did a miracle, pure and simple. We've been fantastic. And not, I'm not just talking my time in charge. I'm even talking before. So he's, uh, he's talking his shit. Yeah, he's playing the game, right? He's playing the game, and Peter's just like, yeah, very good team. Uh, yeah. We're going to put the best team out there and do our best. And it's like, Peter, can you play with the chicanery? Can you get in on it? <laughs> Great word, by the way. That's my, my word of the day book that I've been yeah. – I don't have that. But, no, it's – it's <laughs> if he could just play into it and they could just battle a little bit, maybe they have that – maybe they have that stare down like before the match like they do with boxing <laughs> matches and stuff, and they both just like sit there with like maybe their coaches whistles and yeah okay <laughs> just get ready to fight each other who breaks first by the way like it, it's essentially a weigh-in which one of the coaches is gonna get too fired up because you know peter peter fuck off for me is gonna be very yeah. fired up pete now peter's peter's not breaking so he's uh, not gonna try to fight 
Peter, Peter will stare you down until you, you look away. The only people Peter's trying to fight at this moment in time is pro referees. That's true. That's true. He's getting all <laughs> sorts of fines up in the air. Yeah. Uh, but Vancouver, they have not lost since October 9th, and that was uh, on the road against Seattle. Now, okay. granted, uh, they've, they've played us once. They beat us at home since then. And then the rest of the teams they've played, uh, Portland, San Jose, Minnesota, LAFC, and then Seattle again. Uh, and then prior to uh, that uh, October 9th loss, they hadn't lost in a month before then either. So they have been really good and really strong, but we know that Sporting KC tends to do pretty well against Vancouver at home. Obviously, the road game was a little different, but when Sporting KC played Vancouver back on May 16th of this year, SKC won 3-0. And if you look at Sporting's uh, social, if you look at the injury reports, it seems very likely that we will have Alan Polito back in the lineup and available for this game. And we'll probably have a healthy Johnny Russell back. We'll have Daniel Shallowy, Garikinda, because they're not leaving to go to their national teams during this break. So full strength. What's the problem, right? So what's the problem? Sounds like a winning team. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bad. You're feeling bad about it. Well, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pessimistic about our chances in the playoffs overall. I don't, I I have a real hard time seeing us get past Seattle on the road. I just think we've taken down Seattle twice on the road now this season. Isn't that right? And uh, I don't think they're going to let that happen again. So we'll see, but you know, last time we did it, I know we were a little injured. They were also injured. No Raul Ruiz Diaz, no Nicolas Ladero, no Jordan Morris. They might have Jordan Morris back if we were to play them in the second round of the playoffs. I just, that team in that stadium scares me. So, yeah. but you were, I mean, you, you tell me you were, I mean, we're, we're not trying to look past Vancouver, but would you feel good about going into Seattle in the playoffs? You were the one at the stadium. Uh, Yeah, I'd feel fine going up there because we've beat them there twice. So, and with an Alan Polito, it might feel, might feel good, you know. It could. So you 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 think that we're we're gonna beat Vancouver and 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 you and then you would feel confident going against Seattle. I don't want to make predictions. I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> I, I I hated it ever since. Uh, uh, who was it that was keeping track of our predictions? Uh, uh, uh Kobe. Kobe. Yes, I about said Cody. Kobe. He uh, uh, ever since he started keeping track of that stuff, I was like, you ain't gonna track me. I'm going to, you know, I'm not allowing cookies on you. I I think that uh, I want to make uh, expectations. I think it's possible. Uh, I'm nervous, but I do think it's possible, dude. I I think that email blast that came out that showed with a fully strength SKC team were pretty damn scary. You know, I think Peterson's going to get on here and and express that same sentiment, man. And Peterson's not paid to be a homer like us. He's not paid at all, but we're not. You know, we're we're not uh, unbiased and he's, uh, you know, he's a broadcaster. So it's true. Uh, we, you know, we're not getting our predictions tracked anymore. Probably a good thing because, man, I would be terrible. Uh, but we do have a listener, Andrew McPherson, who he was the one who about a third of the way into this season, he started tracking extra time mentions because there was that little bit of controversy of, hey, SKC, pretty damn good team. Are we actually getting the mentions and the credit we deserve on on the league's flagship podcast? And at the time, not really. And he said, okay, well, you know, even though the extra come guys kind of made fun of us a little bit for it. A little bit. He, uh, he's going to keep tracking them. And, and he did throughout the remainder of the season. Still bad, right? So he ranked this. It's, it's very interesting. Um, he ranked, <clears throat> ranked them in, in order of mentions. Of course, Seattle, far and away, the most mentions out of any team. 
125 mentions over the course of the season. Second place is the LA Galaxy at 94. So it's not even close. Uh, New England, first place in the Supporter Shield. Fifth place in mentions, only 80 compared to Seattle's 125. Sporting KC, number four in the Shield standings. Eighth place in total mentions, 58 mentions over the course of the year for Sporting KC. Just one ahead of both Orlando and Toronto FC. Just four ahead of Dallas and Austin, who are two of the worst teams in the West. So teams ahead of uh, Sporting KC, Seattle first, LA Galaxy second, LAFC third, Atlanta fourth, New England fifth, Philadelphia sixth, Minnesota seventh. So... Those first four are definitely solely because of the markets they're in. Like, it's not yeah. even a question. So, I, I mean, For I sure. think it's it's just interesting that, I don't know, SKC doesn't really get the the true respect that, that we probably deserve. We say that. And, uh, you know, Vermees plays that game, too, and mentions it a lot. And, you know, <laughs> it's it's... It's whatever, man. It makes sense. It's Kansas City. It's, you know, look at the Royals, dude. Are they ever on national TV? No. Uh, the Chiefs had to go and earn their respect, you know, uh, never getting any like primetime games to like now getting a handful of them every year, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it is what it is. However, I feel like sporting's uh, earned success, even though they haven't, um, you know, they haven't won a cup since 2017. So yeah. it's been four years now. So, you know, they're due, man. And this this could be a big one this year. You know, the first year back, fans, full capacity. I mean, yeah. this would be a, be a good one to win. Yeah, it would be. First time uh, hosting MLS Cup, obviously, since 2013, if we were able to somehow get the game in Kansas City, uh, which would happen if we made it to MLS Cup and, and we're not playing New England. So that would be very cool. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> we would have a, a full-strength team, uh, both from injury and suspension. Uh, but you know, we'll see once we, if, if we get that far, yeah. uh, we'll see how much money Peter Vermees has in his pocket. If we get that far, because, uh, even though he was correct in his criticism pro came out and, and said as much that they were wrong, that it should have been awarded the handball. The VAR should have signaled down for the video review. It was a clear and obvious error. MLS announced that sporting KC manager and sporting director, Peter Vermees has been fined an undisclosed amount for comments regarding the officiating following SKC's match against RSL. Uh, they said they are in violation of the league's public criticism policy. That's bullcrap, by the way. I wish, like, just take the criticism. Just take it and address it like an adult. It's a business. If I do something bad at work, I'm going to have to own up to it. You know what I mean? I'm going to be criticized. I'm going to be coached to be better. The yeah. referees are like, you want to talk about us? we're going to give you one word answers in that post-game press conference. <laughs> and then we're going to find you uh, and not tell anyone how much. Yeah. And I see people wanting to set up a GoFundMe for Vermees. And I'm like, yeah, well, stop it. Y'all got this kind of money because you know, Vermees is fine. He'll yeah. be okay. I'm sure it's not a huge amount of money that, I mean, no. it's, it's more money than I'd like. I mean, I'm sure it's in the thousands of dollars, but. Oh, but it, this can't, isn't... it can't be more. It can't be any, uh, it's probably not less than Aaron Rodgers got fined. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Aaron Rodgers got fined less for all his COVID violations than uh, what CD Lamb got for like what not tucking in his jersey or something like that. And CD was pissed. He's like, I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> I didn't tuck in my shirt, but this dude broke your league protocols. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I don't blame him. If I were him, I'd be like, whatever. This 
seems like this is backwards, but we'll see. Oh, I'd be so pissed. I'd be like, eh, well, now it just seems like a race issue and just make it that. Just be like, put the NFL on blast. Like first Kaepernick, now this. <laughs> well, that would work if Alan Lazard wasn't also fined the same amount as Aaron Rodgers. I don't know who that is. Yeah, well, that's because his name is Alan Lazard. So you probably don't know <laughs> why the kind a guy of named Alan Lazard is, is getting fined. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I just, look, I just, I feel bad for Peter and, and I get the league's public criticism policy, but at the same time, these people, these players, these coaches put all their time and energy into this game for most of the year, nine months out of the year. And then it comes down to a handball that isn't called that should be called. It's understandable. They're going to be pissed. And I get why the league wants to protect it a little bit, but after pro has already announced that, Hey, yeah, you know what? We messed up. It's it's just, I don't know. It feels a little bit like, oh, we can criticize ourselves, but don't you, don't none of you do it. I don't like it. Yeah. So no. it it's the same thing where like, you know, the NFL, they've been flagging all these taunting penalties all year and whatnot that are like someone looks the wrong way and up on sportsmanlike conduct, 15 yard penalty taunting. And I heard uh, Ryan Clark on ESPN. He was like, you expect me to go through all of these practices, all of these walkthroughs, all of these film sessions, all of these ice baths, all of these recovery sessions, put my body and my mental uh, and emotional states on the line, all to make the one play to save my team season. And then when I make that one play that I've worked so hard physically and emotionally for, you expect me to suddenly become a robot and not show a little bit of emotion. Nope, That's like not possible. And I feel no like emotion. it's a, a little bit the same way when something like this goes against a team, whether it's Peter or not, it just feels like, you know, that's, uh, it's, it's a big thing to ask when, when something that significant goes against you and then just say, yeah, ignore it. Don't talk about it. So yes, hundred percent. Anyway, well, that's all I got to say about that to quote the great Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Speaking of roll tide. Uh, well, I think, you know what? I think it's about time for us to kick it over to our interview with the great Jacob Peterson. So stick with us after the break, and we'll catch you with Jacob. Oh, yeah. All right, folks, we are back, as we promised, with a, a special guest. It is uh, number 37 in your programs, number one in your heart. Uh, <laughs> you know, long-time listener, first-time caller. Sporting KC broadcaster, Jacob Peterson. Jake, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Big uh, big fan of the show, podcast, by the way. That is insane and uh, a little nerve-wracking that you've even listened before. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I like to have a little pulse, right? Now on the, on the supporter culture and how everybody's feeling out there. So now in my, not as a player. As a player, you know, you kind of want to stay away from all that stuff. But now in this role... Hey, the, the more that I can kind of feel the beat of, of what the, the supporters and I think you guys do a good job at, at kind of illuminating that and shedding some light on it. So I, I love it. Keep it up. That's awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, that's all we've ever wanted to do, man. Just two guys <laughs> kicking the ball around, having a conversation, you know. Yeah. What's, uh, you know, let's let's hop right into it, man. Uh, what's been what's been new with you? How are you settling in with the uh, broadcasting gig and everything? Uh, it's, it's great. It, um, 
I had no idea what it would be like joining. I kind of, I was playing and moved back to Kansas City end of, geez, 2019, which feels like 14 <laughs> years ago, you know. Um, and I, Nate Bucati asked me to play on a, a men's league team with him. And I said, all right, I'll go out there for a, a Friday kick around. And afterwards we went to, you know, to a bar, had some drinks and, and he was like, Hey, would you be is there any interest in doing this? And I mean, he'll tell it. I was, uh, I was straight Roy Kent on him. I'm like, no, I hated those people. Those guys are the worst. They, they pretend they know what's going on and they have no idea and, and going on. And finally he was like, all right, give it some thought. Let me know. And two years later and uh, I'm, I'm still doing it. So uh, obviously it works. And I think working with Nate has been amazing. Um, just a guy who so positive, so much passion for the club, so much passion for the job. So it, it's been cool, but uh, believe me, I, there are times when uh, I, you know, pretty much every time I wish that I was playing instead of up there, but I know that I could not play anymore. These guys are way better than me. So it, it's at least cool though, to, to be, uh, to play some role um, in the club, even if I'm not good enough to still be out there kicking, kicking the little white ball around. You know, I like how Nate has to just grab every uh, retired soccer player for his men's league team. <laughs> it's the only reason I won't try to go join that league. Cause I'm like, I don't want to play Nate's team. All these ex professionals. <laughs> I know I'm pretty, he's already, he's already uh, for sure scouting and recruiting bees. Uh, I know to come oh back. I don't know if bees is going to do it though. Um, he, he deserves some time off after after what a career he's had. No doubt, no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, what, what would you say is the most difficult part of, of being a broadcaster? I'm sure, you know, there's a huge, like, mental preparation going into any broadcast, I would imagine, but but it's obviously very different than playing. So what do you find most difficult? That is a good question. Um, <laughs> one of the most difficult things for me, and my wife always makes fun of me, is, the way that I watch a game when I'm sitting on the couch with her um, is not, not the same way that I talk about the game when I'm on air. Um, usually a lot more profanity, um, usually having a, a beer or five during those games. So um, that's kind of hard to just make sure I, I'm conscious of what I'm saying. And my whole thing when I went into it is I hate when announcers – the analysts are negative and focus on the negative part of a play. And even if everybody can see, even if there's a big mistake and a defender, you know, gets beat or, or gives the ball away in a bad spot, I would prefer to highlight the, Oh, the great pressure from the attacker that forced that turnover, even though yes, everybody can see that clearly that was a, a mistake by the defender. You know, that that's, I think one of the, the hardest things is when, you know, the game's not going uh, the best, let's say like this past, this past week for sporting. Um, and I would probably be, if it was just me, I'd probably be a little bit more like, probably like you guys are when you're watching the games, like, come on guys, like let's, let's pick it up a little bit here, but uh, trying to stay positive and trying to always pick out the, the good part of a play, regardless of what happens. Um, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily the most difficult, but there are times say, fortunately, I am Kansas City's uh, broadcast because if I was on FC Cincinnati's, I, I think I would have been done about three weeks in because I couldn't spin that positive no, no matter what. So I'm so fortunate that the team is good. And, and really, in the last two years, you could argue they've 
they've been the best in the Western Conference. So uh, that that at least has saved me for sure. Do you I love that? So it's you're in an interesting position, and I imagine any local broadcaster is in an interesting position because obviously you're on the club broadcast. So there's probably a, a tough balance between trying to obviously tilt to, to support Sporting KC, but also remain, you know, relatively objective because obviously you don't want to come off as, as too much one way or the other. You know, we're a fan podcast, so obviously you you know where our allegiances lie, but but even still, you know. I, I always try to, to think about like, okay, if, if this decision went against Sporting KC or, or if it was the other way, you know, how would I be feeling? Do, do you find that balance difficult even in the broadcast booth? Uh, yeah, I 100% do. I mean, I've even gotten, uh, uh, I'm not a very active tweeter, but uh, I, I do go on Twitter. feel like there's a lot of good information uh, that you can get from there. But I even have people saying, tweeting at me saying, Hey, why, why, uh, why are you always against sporting or why are you uh, almost like you're rooting, you know, for the other team. And, and which is for me, I am, I mean, I, I am all for sporting and I'm, I, I am a fan and, and plus I have a lot of friends still on the team. So that's kind of a, a tricky one. If Zeus goes into a, a challenge and hey, that might be a red card, it, it's tough for me to kind of, all right, uh, separate that, that Graham's a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. And I got to, you know, just analyze this one without that through a different lens. Um, that's challenging. Or, you know, if Tim Melia, who's, you know, one of my closest friends here, if he, uh, doesn't make a save or something, fortunately, again, these guys (laughs) are great players, so they don't mess up too often. Right. But, uh, there are elements of that and it, it is, it is challenging. And, Fortunately, I mean, Nate is such a pro and so good at it that even in the Salt Lake call, I thought his call of, of Krylock's goal was incredible because of the emotions after the non-handball call. And I, my heartbeat is 160, probably like uh, I'm ready to go out there on the field and, and fight someone. And Nate's able to, you know, kind of detach himself and still give a, a really good goal call and an important moment for Salt Lake, right? Going basically going to the playoffs with that goal. And, and I thought he did a great job. And uh, he, he obviously is, is somebody who has to be locked in, in those moments. Um, and I get a little second to kind of calm myself and, and, and to try to get those, those goal call, right. But again, Nate, Nate has been such a good uh, role model and example and a mentor and kind of teaching me how to, how to navigate through these, you said somewhat uh, tricky waters. That's true. Yeah, you got a good one with him. And, and you both being fans of the club uh, makes it easier to, to work together. So, you know, jumping into your career, I mean, you had a pretty extensive MLS career, 2006 to uh, 2017. You know, uh, with SKC being the longest club you played for. Well, what would you want people to know, like, that, that you're most proud of in your career? Oh, man. Um... The one thing that uh, to me and, you know, I think Peter Vermees is big on this is you play the game to, to steal a Herm Edwards quote, right? We, you play to win the game. And, and to me, that's what it's all about. And, and it, it doesn't really matter to me if you are, are the leading goal scorer or if you're the 
you know, last guy on the bench. If you're part of a winning team and then part of a winning culture, I think that is the whole reason we do this. Yes, it's fun, and but it's not fun if you're losing. I'll tell you that. I've been on some losing teams up in Toronto, and, and that was miserable. So um, for me, the, the fact that I was able to somehow stick around for you know, 12, 13 years with uh, my limited technical ability um, and, you know, a lot of that just came down to work ethic and, um, doing the little things, studying film and, and trying to be, trying to play any position that, that I'm asked to play. I think that that's, um, I'm like a poor man's version. Well, poor man's version of Zeus who can, Zeus can play all these where I said I was average at just about every position but I was not good at any one position and I think that's probably what kept me uh, around for so long but it's also why I never was a uh, you know 25 game starter um, in, in a season or anything like that except in Toronto but that doesn't count because we were so bad so <laughs> I mean it's like FC Cincinnati territory um, well, but had- I think that that just that is is being part of a being a winner and, and being part of uh, a winning culture um, and learning to adapt my game from in college where I was a goal scorer. I was the most athletic guy on the field and then getting uh, tearing my ACL my fourth year in Colorado and kind of losing my top end speed, which is really all that I relied upon up until that point. And then having to adapt and, and oh, hey, maybe I should actually uh, work on my first touch here when I'm uh, you know, 23. I think it's a, it's a little late in the game to do that, but uh, I survived for long enough. Um, so I think that's probably what I'm most proud of is just that, that I was able to stick around and, and that I was able to, to be a part of, uh, some very good winning teams, uh, especially here in Kansas city. It's, it's that resiliency, right? Like we had, we had Seth Sinovic on a few weeks ago and, and Seth was kind of the same position, man. People kept trying to push him out and he's like, I'm not ready to be pushed out. You know, <laughs> he's the cockroach, right? He just, you can't <laughs> kill him off. He is and that's what I was going to say, poor man, Seth, but poor man, Zeus, as far as playing a bunch of positions, but Seth was just, it, it didn't matter. Um, and yeah, he would get, you know, negative and, and angry that, oh, we're signing another left back, but it, it didn't prevent him from going out there and still winning the beep test and still working um, in the off season. It's, it's incredible the, the work that Seth put in and he, he really was, um, somebody who guys in the locker room looked up to as far as, man, if, if this guy's doing all this work and he is consistently, you know, trying to be replaced, hey, you know, we can all do, do it as well. And um, great guy, obviously, uh, to have on the show. But I feel like that's, that's kind of a, a staple of sporting teams, right? Is having that first and foremost, you have to be able to work for the team. And, and if you don't have that, doesn't matter how skillful you are, you're not going to make it uh, under Peter Vermees. You know, we, we like uh, Daniel said, we had Seth on a few weeks ago, and, and he said he thinks he got yelled at by Peter probably more than any other player on the team, if, if for no other reason than just like by virtue of his position on the field there at left back. You being on the wing, you probably got an earful from, from Peter a time or two, I, I would think as well. Yeah, I mean, we joke because it's always now, now there's pretty set, you know, Daniel on the left, Johnny on the right. But, but before we had any like true, true wingers, good wingers on this team, uh, we, uh, we would switch up. And, you know, if I was playing with a younger player out on the wing, hey, maybe after 10, 
15 minutes on Peter's sideline, I'd say, hey, let's, let's switch this <laughs> up, you know. And Connor, Halsey, come over here. Come over to the other side. Oh, my God. Uh, Connor. <laughs> so I could uh, avoid that. But uh, – and, and, I mean, it's funny because you – you can't hear a lot of what he says, right? Cause the stadium's so loud and, and everything, but you give him the thumbs up like, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of that is, is Peter. He, he wants to stay connected to the game and it, it keeps him involved. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it can be a, an earful uh, when you're on a sidelines. So there's no doubt about that. So, you know, you mentioned uh, Beasler, um, Zussi, Seth, you know, on top of that, Roger, Benny, Tim, you played with some guys who really became the heart and soul of this club for a long time. Um, what was it like to spend as many years as you did with, with a core group of players like that, who in a sport like soccer, it's pretty unusual for, for that many quality players to stick around with one team for as long as they did. And, and, and I, you know, just your thoughts on being with a group that talented, um, it sounds like personally y'all get along and, and what that brings to a club like SKC. Yeah, I, I think it was it was really important and kind of one of the reasons why sporting have been so successful, right, in well, really since Peter took over. Um, he got a lot of guys who were, you know, kind of right entering the, the prime of their careers um, w- when everybody came together. Um, you know, I came in 2012 with Paulo Nagamura, who is just the epitome of, of a teammate and somebody that you, you want on your team and silent guy, but by example. Um, but then, yeah, B, Zeus, Tim, Seth, um, Ike, Benny. I mean, there's, there's so many players in that, uh, I don't know what, maybe 80, born between like 1985 and 1988-ish. Um, which now it's crazy seeing players born in the 2000s who are playing it and doing well <laughs> in the league. It's like, man, I'm old. But we did have uh, a good group. And I think, too, we all kind of matched up off the field, too. And, and we were friends. And that's rare, right? People talk about it. And it's so cliche. Like, hey, you get along with, with your teammates. and But there were maybe in Colorado when I was young, but we were all, we were all young. You know, we just went out and, and – got drunk every weekend that was more important than putting in performances on the field and and here it was we do the work on the field and then yeah we can have fun off of it but first and foremost is winning on the field and and putting in that effort and when you have leaders like like Raj and Zeus and and Bees and Naga like I said Jimmy Nielsen you know kind of the tail end of, of that I mean there were just so many guys who were vocal and who would, you know, teach the, the new arrivals, um, you know, what it meant to be here. Dom Dwyer was another uh, great guy who big personality, right. As you guys know, <laughs> love, love to have a good time, but man, he worked his ass off and, and anybody that came into, to the team had to fit into that. And, and if they didn't, then, then they were out. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing with that group is the number one objective is winning. And that's what it was all about. And if you were here to mess that up and to mess that, 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 uh, those relationships up and that camaraderie, then you were gone. So it, it was awesome. And I said, these guys were way better players than me. Um, when I was playing, I, I thought I was, I thought I was better than, than Zeus. I thought I should be starting every <laughs> single game. And I say this, I, I don't want a player 
on my team who doesn't think that they are better than the players they are competing against. Right. And, and I don't think there's anybody outside of maybe me and maybe just me, maybe my mom and dad who, who think that I'm better than Graham um, objectively. But in the, in the time that, that we were playing together, I thought I should be starting at, at right winger or left winger, wherever Graham was, right back. It didn't matter if Graham could play anywhere uh, better than me. But in the moment, you know, I, I thought that I should be playing. And, and I think that everybody has to have that mentality. But also, if you're not, then, hey, it's not my decision. We'll move on from it and support those players and try to do everything. And that was, that was a, a cool thing. And now I'm just rambling, but a cool thing in the, uh, in the locker rooms is, you know, even if the, there was competition between players, everybody was trying to figure out, Hey, what did we see from the bench that maybe we can go help out the guys who are playing? Um, all right. I'm seeing the left backs tucking in a lot or something. Maybe I'll tell the right winger to stay wider than provide that, that whip, but just little things like that. And, and it was constantly for the team and the team was first. And I think that's a big part of why there was, so much success, you know, since, since Peter and it's top down, right. It, it's all from Peter and, and the culture that he sets there with the club. Well, I think probably the most important question of the day, and maybe you've talked about this, maybe you haven't, uh, you know, you, this, this hair, Jacob, you're, you're like corporate America, Jacob over here. And I'm like, what happened, dude? And <laughs> how did it make you feel to cut that? Cause you had it for so long, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm jealous. Say, so got a he got it going nice over there. Working I, on it, man. Uh, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah, it's. Uh, was it time to it grow up? Maybe a year, <laughs> maybe a year or so um, before I actually cut it. I was like, all right, like I'm not playing soccer anymore. I was like, at you know that, I almost needed to cut it to kind of have closure because after you you know, in, in my situation where I was kind of forced out, just kind of not tan money came in, Hey, way better players. Um, again, when I was, when I was wanting to get on a team, I, I didn't think that, um, but kind of looking back on it, I mean, there's the, the level of play since Tam and especially on the attacking end brings you players like Johnny Russell and, and dynamic wingers, guys who work hard um, like Johnny does on the, on the defensive end, which what I could do, but hey, I, I was nowhere near his obviously one on one abilities. Right. So um, once that kind of happened, I was like, all right, you know, I, I almost need to have a moment where not just it mentally. All right. Your, your soccer career playing wise is done. And, and, you know, now you're moving on to the next phase of your life. And cutting the hair kind of was that like final tangible outward um display there of kind of the mental struggles that that guys deal with in any sport when you're done with, with playing because that's something that it's talked about more and more but just the 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 mental health component of dealing with something that you've done your your entire life and that's all you that you've known and now who are you who are you or as a person because it was always hey you're um jacob peterson the soccer player or graham zussi the soccer player and then after that who are you and what is that all about? And that's still, uh, you know, a, an evolving type of thing, but um, that's something that I'm glad that more people are talking about um, and people, athletes in, in general are more open to it. And it's not this, 
you know, ultra macho thing is saying, Hey, we, we don't feel pain or we don't feel the, these type of emotions um, just because we're, we're athletes. So that, that was kind of the cutting the hair. I, I miss it. Sometimes my daughter sometimes is like, dad, dad, grow your hair back out. And uh, I try to tell her, Hey, that, that part of my life is over, but never say never. I guess we, maybe when I'm 50, I'll, do, I'll grow it back out. We'll see. Yeah, man. Grow it while you still can, right. While we still got it exactly <laughs> exactly that's uh yeah that's a really I, I never would have thought but i guess it makes sense especially with like you mentioned the whole mental health component and, and oh, whatnot yeah. and sort of i feel like you know, we should have had a ceremony or something <laughs> yeah i know right like uh i mean i did donate it to uh that's awesome uh, man i can't remember the, the name of it now but i was like hey if i'm gonna cut this i grew this oh, okay. this out for for that long i had that rat's nest and my wife would make fun of me all the time so i i to donate that to somebody who, who actually could use it. Nice. <laughs> uh, a couple more questions for you. I know we want to get into, uh, I think Dan has, has a question for you about uh, the playoffs and, and previewing that. But before we get there, I, I did want to ask, so you mentioned it's, it's sort of like this evolving thing of like, what is your I- identity post playing career? And, and like you said, a lot of athletes go through that and, you know, you're doing the broadcast thing now and it seems like it's going great, at least from the outside and, and whatnot. So do you see that continuing to be a part of your future or have you ever thought about getting into coaching in some capacity? I know some of the even current players, I think Ilya and Roger are getting their coaching license and obviously Benny has done it. So broadcasting, coaching, something totally different, you know, what do you think the future holds for you? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I think I, I enjoy doing the broadcasting. Um, I, I like it. Um, it's fun to be connected um, to the club, to a club that I support, to a club that I love, and, and to a city that I love, that I fell in love with, that I never would have thought. You know, I think so many people, like, they end up in Kansas City, and I, I, I was tell, I told the story before, but my wife, I almost got traded here early on in my career, and my wife was like, no, we can't go to Kansas City, because, you know, we, we didn't know anything about it, and I ended up signing here, you know, years later, and absolutely fell in love with it and the people and everything. And, and she was actually the one who brought us back here, ironically. And she was the <laughs> one at the beginning of it all who said, we're never moving there. Um, and it just became uh, home to us. But as far as, you know, coaching, I don't know if, if, uh, if I would, if coaching necessarily is in, is in my future. Um, I, I like that more of the, I was on the executive board with our uh, players association and I was the uh, team rep for I think 12 or no, 11 out of my 13 years. Wow. So that side of things, more of like the, the technical side, um, you know, roster construction, uh, budget, salary cap uh, management, that type of side of things um, is more appealing to me than, than being out there coaching. Um, I don't know if I have the, the patience for, for coaching and <laughs> um, to deal, deal with, you know, especially maybe some of the star players who, who don't always take too kindly to, to coaching. <laughs> um, none that sporting have, thankfully. Um, yeah. But, you know, there is that component, uh, the Joseph Martinez is of the world. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know if coaching is, um, but I do know that I want to stay involved in the game. And that was kind of a, a search key, like I was talking about my identity and what I want to do. And, and 
I love the game and I love, I think, getting into the broadcasting and scouting teams and doing all the preparation work, going through second spectrum and Opta and, and diving into analytics and all that stuff. I, I'm fascinated by, by that. And some of the stuff I don't fully understand yet because, you know, it, it can get a little weedy into the weeds, but yeah. uh, it, it's awesome to have that sort of knowledge coupled with, you know, your experiences and, and what your eyes are telling you. So that, that stuff is awesome and it excites me. And that, that's the first really, um, it's the, since I stopped playing, it's the, it's the, it's the next best thing. The, the thing that kind of excites me and gets me going. And, and I'm excited to, to dig into these things where most people are like, you, you've been on second spectrum's website for four hours now, Jake, like, come on, <laughs> move, move past it. But I just, I love that stuff. So I think I want to stay within the game, but you know, what role, what capacity, you know, we're still T TBD in that. That's awesome. That's great. You know, we, uh, uh, this will be this episode. We're going to shoehorn this interview in for uh, Wednesday's playoff preview show playoffs on the horizon here. So we'd be remiss playoffs. to not <laughs> we'd be remiss not to ask about it. Um, you know, sporting finished the season in third place. We know how that went, whatever it's done. Uh, they had a chance to win the West, but Jimmy's uh Jimmy's kind of taking a pessimistic heel turn this week. He's not feeling good about it. And me, for once in my life, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about their chances. What do you think kind of about how the season went and uh, SKC's chances in the playoffs and what exactly you're looking for coming to uh, going to Vancouver uh, at home? Well, rumor is right. If Jimmy picks against sporting, then, then sporting's winning. So that, I think we'll see that keep that rolling. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that's how much I know. He listens. Yeah. He's a listener. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think sporting's, I think, the best team in the league. And, yeah, that might be a little – me being a little biased, but, you know, watching them every single game and then at trainings and seeing the talents uh, of the first-choice lineup, um, I, I think sporting's the best team in the league. But, the, of course, the issue is – well, what's the, the injury situation like, right? When, how's Alan Polito um, feeling? Is What to, type of role is he going to provide in the playoffs? Uh, where's Johnny at? Um, where's Daniel and his ankle at? Because uh, this, I mean, this team is so much better when Daniel is firing. And there's no team in MLS that can stop those three up top. I mean, that the three of them combined, and unfortunately we haven't seen it too too much this season but man that is a nightmare for defenders to deal with you can't key in on one guy and, and we especially when Johnny and Daniel are firing on, on both wings I mean that is serious nightmare fuel for for defenders and, and I I'm glad that I'm not defending them um, but it is it's going to be interesting I think Daniel's ankle injury kind of slowed him down the past few games um, I think this break is great I'm I'm glad selfishly that, that he didn't go with Hungary um, over there and he gets some time to kind of rehab that. But much like we saw with Johnny right early in the season when he, he had that ankle injury, you just you aren't 100 percent confident. You're not you're not uh, able to do the, the, the physical work that both those players can that other players can't. Um, but now with Johnny's form, it's absolutely incredible. So I, I think it's been a great season until that last week, right? And then three losses in a row, the first time that they've failed to win after a loss, their first losing streak that they've had, and a three-game one 
right at the end of the year is not what you want. But but I also think that it's a little bit different than maybe, hey, we, you know, the adage in MLS is you got to be in form heading into the playoffs. Um, but because of the injuries with sporting, I don't think that those games matter all that much. Yes, it would have been great to to just win one of those, right? And then we're top of the West and we get another uh, bye or a week off. But uh, I still would, if I had to choose who is going to come out of the West, I still think it's going to be sporting. And, and as much as I like Fanny Sartini and, and what Vancouver has done under him, I mean, I think the fact that he said in his press conference, you know, we're going to beat Sporting Kansas City is one of the worst coaching mistakes that he could have made um, as far as giving locker room uh, bulletin board material to Sporting, who were already kind of had this chip on their shoulder. They just lost to Vancouver. And I love Sartini and that Andiamo, that passion and everything that he brings to Vancouver. But, man, I, I am I am seeing a, a, a slaughter coming um in, in that game. I, I just don't see if sporting are fit and they're healthy. Uh, I, I just don't see how Vancouver can keep up. And then I think I, I'm turning into a Salt Lake fan, you know, for that, that <laughs> game up in Seattle. Cause I really yeah. want Salt Lake to come back here with a full healthy sporting squad. Cause again, I, I think that there's, there's some payback there with that team and Colorado, man, it, I don't think any, you guys didn't think that. I don't think anybody thought they were going to win. Um, yeah. But I still would handicap it and put sporting it as coming out of out of the West. And who knows what happens in the East, but I, I love sporting's chances if they're all fit. But again, that's a big if, right? This is great, yeah. man. Because even though you work for the club, like I can tell you're being 100% authentic here. You're not being biased or anything because it's your job to, you know, talk good about your employer and whatnot. And I, I, I'm sad we got to wait a week for this game. I'm excited, like right now. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I mean, I didn't even mention, like, I think Fontas was incredible this oh, season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's my defender of the year. And in all the advanced analytics, he's been great. And, and the fact that he overcame, which I, I don't understand how he's not up for the comeback player of the year either, because right. he, he overcame that calf Achilles injury. And it took him a while, right, to get over that. And last year was basically shot um, completely. And, and he has been incredible. He's been able to keep pace, which I think that was the biggest – concern right is does he have the pace to cover guys running in channels and his positioning he does so much thinking and reading the game early um that he's been so good on, on both sides of the ball and if ec is back there right next to him um he's a big component and the midfield i think roger i actually voted for roger on my best 11 for mls this year i think okay. roger is an absolute He's always been a beast, but somehow at 35 years old, I think he's put together one of his best seasons and stuff that he does out there. It's like he is an, an absolute monster watching him from up above, you know, up on the press box level and, and seeing the ground. And it's almost like I can I've been in those situations where you can hear those footsteps of Roger coming and it's so intimidating. <laughs> And it's almost he's almost in better shape now than he was, you know, 10 years ago. And that's obviously a credit to Raj. But um, Zeus, I think, has been forming at a high level. Tim Melia, I think, is still, you know, top three best goalies in the league. So if you look at their team overall, their starting lineup, and I just don't really see uh, another team out there that is, you know, one through 11 is better than, than this sporting team. 
It's awesome. It. Write it down. Put it in pen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Jacob, I can't thank you enough for, for spending some time with us. I could talk to you all day. I didn't even get through half my questions I wanted to get to. So we're yeah. going to have to have you back at some point because this was hey, phenomenal. Any, anytime uh, I'm willing to come on. Like I said, I listened to it anyway, so I might as well hop on a few times. Yeah. That's as awesome. soon as you told us that, I started, I was like, oh no, started going through the Rolodex in my mind. I was like, what stupid stuff have I said before that Jacob's just sitting there shaking his head at? So <laughs> I was like, what yeah. do you mean you? What stupid stuff you've said? <laughs> out of your mind. <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys are talking shit about me all the time. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Although no. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that on this. Uh, uh, we've said worse things. Oh, Don't dear. worry. You're not a you're not an MLS <laughs> employee anymore. So let it go. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, can't can't get fined like Peter did. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We had the whole segment about that too. So, Jacob, we we so appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you so much. You're awesome up there on the broadcast booth. We hope you're you're with this club uh, for a long, long time to come. Um, I know you were a fan favorite when you were on the team. You're still a fan favorite, despite what Twitter might say when they don't think you're being fair to SKC. So we get it too. But uh, but thank you. And uh, yeah, go sporting. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. There you go, folks. What the heck? Jacob Peterson, the man. My goodness. That Does we even refer to him as the answer, or, or does he not like that nickname? Uh, well, we'll have to have him back to, to ask. I'm not sure. I didn't want to ask and have him be like, uh, no, because then I, you know, I'm not Allen Iverson, you know. Wasn't, yeah. that, wasn't that his shoes? That, that is true. He was, yeah, Allen Iverson was that. But look. Jacob is such an intelligent person, both about soccer, about broadcasting, about life in general. Like I literally could have just sat there and talked with him for like four hours because we, you know, we always have a list of questions that we kind of try to prepare for. We're not beholden to it, but we have a list of questions in a Google Docs that like, you know, in case we, you know, lose our train of thought or whatnot, we have something to go back to. I didn't get through. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Editing. It's great. My dog started barking. I got pissed. (laughs) It's uh. I didn't even get through half of the questions and I prepared because he just, he kept bringing up so many different fascinating yeah. thoughts and stories. And, you know, we, we kept him longer than we wanted to, but we got to get him back expect? to talk. He hangs around Nate Bucati all the time. My that's, friend. Well, that's true. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get him back. Cause we got to talk Atlanta United. Cause it seems like he has some thoughts there. He th- said that I, one I, thing I, about Joseph being the most, you know, one of the most uncoachable players, you know, it's easy to overlook Atlanta, dude. I mean, the only, the only t- uh, MLS team he had less appearances with was San Jose Earthquakes. Right. You know, but he, he had 10 appearances with Atlanta and we didn't even get into it. My three takeaways from this interview. Okay. Mm-hmm. For Well, side note, didn't even feel like an interview. Felt like we're just best friends because we probably are now. <laughs> but first of all, I didn't even get to talk about my picture uh, from when I volunteered with the, the Sporting Victors, the Victory Project. Yeah. And I got check this out, dude. I'm looking at it right now. I got a picture with my freaking credentials on. Okay. <laughs> okay? And I've got a buzzed head because I was in a, uh, a musical, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but I got Jake Peterson on one side. I got Graham Zussi next to him. Then on my right, I got Bernardo on your, if you'll remember this man. Oh, yeah. Servando Carrasco or Mr. Servando Alex Morgan, Morgan, whatever you're, <laughs> Sir Alex Morgan. And then Mr. Big Cavs himself, Christian Namath, rocking the jorts on the end. Rocking the jorts. Incredible. I should have showed him my picture. I don't know why it'd be like, I get into this fanboy mode, man. It's I'm okay. just like a fanboy. Second okay. of all, he said, my hair looks nice. 
So that's a good thing. That was honestly, I think that was my favorite question and answer of the entire interview. No it shit. was so insightful. Well, thank and, you. And it was such a, you know, it's a, 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 a fun, you know, we were expecting like, oh yeah, fun, you know, question, uh, you know, you used to have long hair, I have long hair type thing, but he gave such a fantastic answer and it yeah. makes so much sense tying it to, you know, moving on into the next phase of your life and a physical manifestation. I told about you that. it was emotional. It's I no, it's, it. it's amazing. And, and I love, you know, I asked about broadcasting coaching. I don't know why I didn't include like front office stuff, but like when he started talking about like, the analytics side of things and marrying that with yeah, with what I you see you on the field. Oh my there. God. I was like, I, I want to talk to him for an hour just about that. <laughs> I saw you over there. I saw you ready to be like, oh, Jacob uh, pushes up your glasses. Oh, do you know what America soccer analysis is, Jacob? <laughs> yeah, why well, you got to put me on blast like that? Because literally exactly what I was thinking. I know but... you were. <laughs> well, I got a third takeaway though. Last takeaway. Uh, secretly hoping that Jacob doesn't host or doesn't join Nate Bucati's soccer team. And me and Jacob can just start our own. Oh, there, there you go. go. Since he's a friend <laughs> of the pod now, we'll just go start our own soccer team. But that's a real thing, by the way, Nate gathers up these retired players to where I'm like, <laughs> well, and it's an over 30 league. So you think like, Oh, maybe it's less competitive. No, that doesn't sound less competitive. That sounds like I'm going to hurt myself with yeah. my arthritic hips. And yeah. I'm trying to stay ahead of that shit. Yeah. It sounds terrible. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh man i that was one of my favorite interviews we've done i want to have jacob back at some point yeah uh, can we just we just need a permanent no other pod correspondent here all right let's kick things over to jacob peterson this week uh, jacob <laughs> what are you seeing down there it yeah. just sounds awesome it's and hilarious. he invited us into his bedroom by the way well he, he was not sure if you noticed like it was there it's was a very intimate setting he was brought you know doing the zoom from a bedroom we don't know could have been a guest room it was a so. bedroom and now we've been a part of it and we've, <laughs> the three of us have a very special bond and Jacob, I'm here for it. My apologies for this segment on podcast. <laughs> Don't apologize. It was, it was a fine bed. It was made better it than was. mine right now. That's true. He, <laughs> he was an admirer, admirer of your scarf wall. So yeah, I see that's all to Marissa right there, man. She put all those up. Uh, me, I've put them up at every other apartment that we've ever been at. And I have like no skin on my thumbs from pushing <laughs> in the thumbtacks on these bitches. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, a big thanks to, to Jacob Peterson. Yeah. Um, you know, as we said, we're going to have to have him back probably multiple times because, because that dude is a about. fascinating person. Well, you know, yeah. and he's so, he's so calm and I just, I'm now seeing him at home yelling at Michigan Wolverine football, just like <laughs> saying obscene God words, damn it, things we've never been able to hear. And I'm like, how great would a sporting KC broadcast be if he like would get into it with Nate and be like, Nate, I think you're absolutely incorrect here. You know, and, and kind of plays that heel <laughs> turn gets a little emotional, but he can't do that. Okay. No. Cause, cause the FCC won't let him be, or let him be him. And you know, it's a whole thing. <laughs> we need a, a Jacob after dark, you know, just Twitter spaces where he just, you know, grabs his beer and lets his, his thoughts fly. See, so. I don't blame him for not getting on the Twitter sphere, man. Like oh, he doesn't, he's not that active. I hate, I hate it. It's a hell. I'll put something out there and I'm like, well, do I look stupid now? I should delete it. I look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> There's, was that offensive? I feel like it was offensive. I saw someone the other day where they were like, there have been many times where I've tweeted and regretted it. There have been never any times where I have not tweeted and regretted it. Absolutely. Bro, I've post, I've written, I've written out a tweet and then I'm like, I guess I just needed to write it down to get it out. And then I just like delete it and I end up not tweeting. 
I've thought about creating a like a private, like locked Twitter account that no one follows that I can just tweet my thoughts into the void if I really need a way to get it out there, but then nobody could see yeah. it. So. I just it's just a fake place. It's a yeah. fake place. Now I say that with a grain of salt because I've met actual legitimate friends sure. from the internet, right? Yeah. I have other too. than that, it feels very fake. I well, and that's the thing. Like I enjoy my interactions with people I actually know, our listeners, all that those are great. Yeah. It's when Austin fans or Atlanta sure. fans or whoever start jumping into your mentions where you're like, I don't right. want to be here. Uh, they would never say it to your big ass face, my friend. You're you're a monster <laughs> of a man. No one's gonna come say it to your face. Thank you. Question mark. <laughs> big ass face. I don't know why I said that. I meant just like you're you're a large dude. To your I giant mean, head. With your, with your stupid fat face. They'll they'll never say it. <laughs> Well, uh, let's before we call it a podcast episode, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit of this uh, um, uh, Matt Beasler retirement. You know, we, we talked a little bit about it with yeah, uh, with Jacob. He mentioned it. Beasler's going to be a sporting legend as soon as it's possible. Right. Like as soon yeah, as next I year, mean, bro, he, they let him paint the paint the wall with me. Like that was a big deal. <laughs> at, at that moment, it sealed it. It was his sporting legend. Yeah. They were like, do you want to paint the wall with Daniel Kuzer? And he's like, probably. I just, you know, okay, so I moved to Kansas City in, in 2014, and, and I, you know, I was aware, obviously, of, of MLS and whatnot. Um, I can't say I was, like, a, a, a big-time Sporting KC fan before then because I, I didn't have the same connection to, to Kansas City um, right. that I did once I moved here. But he but helped it. He, he, that's the thing. So, you know, there was Sporting KC, obviously, coming off the MLS Cup victory, um, a few years into the rebrand, and then there was the 2014 World Cup, and he and Zussi showing out the way they did, and then had an opportunity to go play overseas in England, whether it be in the EPL or the championship, and and they both decided to stay here. and And Beasler wrote what was basically a love letter to Kansas City, and uh, that got published in the Star, I think it was. Um, and it just it it solidified for me what already felt like more than just a team, like more than just a club. It's like, Oh, this isn't just about soccer. This is about Kansas city. And, and I know we've talked about it before, but you know, as, as an quote unquote, an outsider coming into the city sporting KC in many ways has, has made Kansas city feel much more like a community and, and like home. And, and Beasler has been a big part of that just because of how much he has owned Kansas city and sporting KC because he's from here. And it's just really yeah, cool. So you're not wrong at all. I mean, he's like the guy and then throw Zussi in there with him uh, for that World Cup stint. You know what I mean? So it's cool, man. And, you know, being able to talk to Jacob Peterson a little bit about, you know, we really didn't talk about Beasler's retirement all that much. Um, no, we I wanted to talk to him more, but, you know, too many other interesting things. We got to have him back. Yeah. I mean, for him to talk about uh, Seth a little bit, but uh, it's cool, man. Beasler is. Beasler is sporting Kansas city. And it was very emotional to like, see him go to another club. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I, you, you hear Beasler gets to retire on his own terms, which, you know, always tough to make that decision. Right. Right. Um, but then compared to Jacob Peterson, dude, I guess I didn't realize that it wasn't really on his terms to retire. Right. I mean, yeah, he sounded like, it, less, you know, what we'll, 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 like he wasn't, attacking what? money and tam and whatnot he mentioned it's yeah. it's tough like the, think how much the league this is another question i wanted to ask him that we didn't really get a chance to talk all that much about mm -hmm. but 2006 until now like he came into the league when it was 
the Kansas City Wizards. And no wonder his wife was like, Kansas City, what the heck? I don't want to go there. And then sure. by the time he came, it was a couple of years post rebrand and then MLS Cup and, and not just Sporting KC, but think how much Kansas City as a city has evolved over the last, you know, 12, 13, 14 years. It's, oh, it's no doubt. constantly been growing and adding and improving and developing. So it's, uh, you know, it's a really, he probably was in the league during the period of most change throughout the history of the league with an influx mm. of talent and money and, and expansion and everything. So it's, uh, it's no wonder to me. Um, I, I just, I'd love to hear more of his thoughts on that. So we'll have him back. Yeah, for sure. So, well, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, USA soccer, U.S. men's national team. Uh, we're in the midst of, of the World Cup qualifying cycle. And uh, this past Friday, there was, you know, a pretty, pretty important game uh, in Cincinnati. You, the United States men's national team was hosting El Tri, the Mexican national team. And uh, Mexico was sitting atop the group. They had not yet lost at the time of this game. Mexico and Canada were the only two teams who had not yet lost a game in the qualifying cycle. And uh, the first half was a a little bit forgettable. Uh, But then... Well, first of all, it's nice to see uh, the home team win in in Cincinnati once in a while. (laughs) You saw that uh, uh, Columbus Crew tweet? I did. I did. I I couldn't remember who said it, but it it made me laugh. Yeah, it was Columbus, um, you know, them going after their their state of Ohio rival. And look, Ohio has been good to the U.S. men's national team over the years. Uh, yeah. Dosa Cero, visit Ohio? What the hell do you do in Ohio, by the way? I've been to Columbus. I got some close friends okay. who live in Columbus. Columbus is a cool little town. What would you do there? Uh, drink and watch soccer. Okay, that's about <laughs> it. Because huh? at least if you got me going to Cleveland, I could go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. That sounds like a blast cheer you know make ohio state part of your personality Nah, that sounds boring uh but <laughs> and i just think like cincinnati or columbus i don't think i'd ever go unless it's to go see sporting play sure. and eat vegan food no i i have some uh, a close friend who uh, he and his family they live in, in columbus and, and i went to visit and, and it was actually a cool town in some ways it reminded me of kansas city just like if if kansas city wasn't quite as big of a, a metro area as it is because columbus isn't doesn't have the sprawling metro in the same way that that uh, kansas city does but but overall okay. it's a pretty decent area um so i don't know it's uh it's an interesting time to be a, a u.s men's national team fan because um we probably have arguably the most talented roster in the history of the u.s men's national team and it showed up in the second half saying? i mean that's what i'm saying that's what you're saying do you think there's a more I, talented roster in the history of the u.s men's national team i don't know you're putting a lot of pressure on things i, I just feel i feel so scared to say positive <laughs> stuff so, you know i feel so scared <laughs> i don't um, want to you know be too positive and then <laughs> shit explodes no i'm just i i think you know people like pulisic and weston mckinney and tyler adams um Gianluca Buzio, uh, you know, Timothy Weah, Anthony Robinson, these are just the, the, the players who are playing overseas. But then even uh, Ricardo Pepe, Walker Zimmerman, um, they're legitimate MLS players who are here contributing. Kellen Acosta, this is an exciting time for me to be a U.S. men's national team fan. And that second half of this game against Mexico really showed the potential. And what's so exciting is this team is so young. 
Like if you look at this play with Timothy Weah doing a little step over and then just a gorgeous cross and a I, I didn't give the header at first enough credit because it was point blank, but that was a hell of a headed finish from Christian Pulisic to, to put his body in the right position and then head it with force on frame past Ochoa and then to do the man in the mirror celebration. It was badass. Field like all of five minutes. Right. It was badass. The way that so, game was going, man, it was just it, it was kind of boring me out that whole first half, and then. When the goal came, it was so unexpected. I was like, uh, I need to wait for the replay on that one. I'm pretty sure I was looking <laughs> at my phone. Did you did you know the reference to the man in the mirror celebration on the shirt? Yeah, it's a uh, you know, very popular uh Michael Jackson song <laughs> that uh, you know. It was um, well, that is a reference. That's a way I want you to know. <laughs> Ochoa had had said, you know, in the leading up to the game that um it, you know something to the effect of um Mexico is the team that the U.S. wants to see when they look in the mirror. And so Pulisic puts the ball past Ochoa, and he's like, no, when we look in the mirror, we see ourselves, and that's exactly who we want to see. So I know what it was, but I just uh, I wanted you to say it because I couldn't really explain it that well. (laughs) So, it you know, it's just um, that was awesome. And then Weston McKinney, um, this probably wasn't how they drew it up necessarily, but look – we had a, a one goal lead with 15 plus minutes to go. And, and Mexico's known for scoring in the last 15 minutes. Weston gets a ball that falls to his feet loose in the box. And he gets to put it straight into the far left uh, post, puts it past Ochoa 2-0. And that sealed the game to see a young U.S. national team, pr- not just protect a one goal lead, but to double it, finish dos Cero uh, against a very talented Mexican team in World Cup qualifying that gave me tingles. You got tingles? I got tingles. The old Pringle tingles. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> it was cool, man. It was cool. And it wasn't even like a super late game or nothing. So no. it was a nice little Friday night. And to get that three points to be top of the group for World Cup qualifying, mm-hmm. going to be even better when we hopefully beat Jamaica on Tuesday, which I think is like a four o'clock. Yeah, it's an earlier game. <clears throat> Obviously, we're not recording until uh, or after that game. We're recording before it. Yeah, we're uh, recording game... in the middle of uh, Jacob Peterson's Michigan football game. I did feel bad about that. we found out he's an uh, incredibly huge fan of. And we're like, hey, could you miss that and come record <laughs> with two dum-dums on a podcast? <laughs> I, I felt really bad. And he was uh, like, yeah, totally. And it's like, ah, oh, dude, feel free to say no. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to do that to you, you know? Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty good about uh, the game against Jamaica. This team obviously is very talented. They're flying high right now. I'd like to see some Gianluca Buzio minutes against Jamaica. Yeah, that'd be nice. We have a legitimate goalkeeper controversy where we have two very talented goalkeepers in Zach Steffen and Matt Turner. So we'll yeah, see. So we'll probably see Matt Turner on Tuesday. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, look, yeah. I, I, not and, and not as a punishment to Stefan. Stefan was was great against Mexico, but we well, didn't have know, to do much. Yeah, but I mean, just still to to see, um, you know, they did a four shots on goal, so we stopped all four, obviously. But um, just to to see what we've got and, and have these two, th- there was a little bit of this at the end of Howard's era with Brad Guzan. There started to be a little bit of a. a um, uh, a dual goalkeeper situation, but that was yeah. more because Howard was starting to get a little older and we didn't really have anyone else. A this passing of the torch situation, but this is not that. No, this, this isn't like, Oh, well, Guzan, Guzan almost felt like he was fine, but kind of the filler. This yeah. feels like we have two legitimate number ones who are relatively young. That could be the number ones for a while. 
They're contending, dude. And they might put it on some kind of a rotation maybe, or maybe this is just to feel them out. I don't know. I don't hate having two legitimate number ones though, because if one of them gets injured or if one of them, you know, can't get away because they're with their club in an important, you know, run or whatnot to have two, um, you know, like I said, pretty young matt turner is uh only 27 years old which for a goalkeeper is is pretty young and, and zach stefan um he's uh 26 so again still pretty young to have two under 30 goalkeepers i mean we could be set a goalkeeper for the next 10 years for the u.s men's national team true so true true i'm feeling pretty good about where the u.s lands right now canada are the only unbeaten team in uh in the world cup qualifying in terms of uh, at least at the time of this recording so Don't we still have to go play in Canada and also go play in Mexico. Yes. In Mexico is not till March, I think. Okay. So that'll Pretty be rough. Big. Those will be rough games, but I mean, it's so, it's so funny to see like uh, our, the passing of USA, by the way, was pretty atrocious. Um, their pass, they just weren't on the same page with a lot of their little short passes, a lot yeah. of little short turnovers that like, you don't see sporting make because why? As we see time and again, these club teams play together every day and then you mush them all together to play a national team game. And it's like, oh yeah, we really don't, we're not in sync because we don't play together daily, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I just, you know, overall, um, I enjoyed watching that game. The second half was, was phenomenal. Um, so it's, I, I said this to Jake, it's fun to watch soccer when it's fun. And, and that was a fun game. So no doubt. And it hasn't been fun for us, by the way, for sporting the last, not the last few weeks, but Jacob talked about this and I think it's true. Like we haven't had really a healthy team. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. I I, I hate saying that it's kind of cliche, but like maybe it's a a wake up call or blessing in disguise of being like, Hey, you know what? You got a few tough losses at the end of the season and you had something to play for. You know how much that sucks now. So, uh, you know, let's turn it around. And now, as you mentioned, or we talked about this before we even talked to Jacob, Vancouver coach, giving us that bulletin board material. The hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't think we're pissing up as it is. Are you out of your (laughs) damn mind? And dude, I, for Peterson to talk like that and, and, and get excited. And I, I was ready. I was like, motherfucker, we don't play for another <laughs> week, and I'm ready to watch this game today. <laughs> yeah. No, it pumped me up. And, and look, unfiltered Jacob would be phenomenal, and maybe one day we can get it. So, <laughs> Unfiltered Jacob. Raw. Just unfiltered. <laughs> In the bedroom. Sorry. That's where he was recording from. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not making it weird. It's, it's, it's fun. Well. You might be, but you're making faces. Just stop with your faces. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think that's most of of what I have to talk about this week. Do you have anything else we want to talk about for our good listeners? Uh, Dude, just just a a huge thank you. I mean, to Jacob Peterson. I mean, he didn't have to do this, man. I mean, in full transparency, we're recording on a Saturday afternoon. Because we love all you dum-dums that listen to us. (laughs) And, you know. We're taking time out of our day, man. I I love this thing. I love being able to bring in people that care about the club as much as we do. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And to have someone like him and Seth, and I, I think we're due for a Matt Beasler appearance on the podcast. We'll try. I I don't know how to even make that work other than say, Hey, remember when you painted the wall with me? Uh, I let you do that. (laughs) You should come on the podcast. I let you do that. (laughs) Oh man. Come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, uh, thank you guys that's so much. My, that's my rebuttal for everything. Come on. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to Jacob for, for joining us. We'll definitely have him back. So much more to talk about with him. Uh, make sure you leave that five-star rating and review if you have not yet done so. Find somebody's iPhone if you already have. Find your mother's iPad, as other listeners have done. Go on there. Leave that five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get found by more people so they can hear our interview with Jacob Peterson. And, uh, yeah, make sure you like us on Twitter and Instagram or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod, at Dan Fuser, at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. Uh, shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com, uh, just like Andrew McPherson. And uh, yeah, if you have not yet got your merch for the holiday season, bit.ly.com slash no other pod. There are sales going on just about every week this year. $13 t-shirts up to 35% off. Get on there, get your orders in, get your merch before Christmas, and uh, you're not going to be sorry. So thank you guys so much. We will talk to you next week, hopefully with a sporting KC victory. Well, no, it won't be. Uh, yeah, it will be next week. It'll be after the game. Yeah, My time's all it. weird. So this is, uh, it, dude. this is it. Hopefully it'll be a victory pod and we'll be talking about either Seattle or RSL. So Oof. we'll see. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. I'm looking at the man.